to be a uh, children's church worker and teacher and things like that. And I'm sure there's a bunch of funny jokes out there about that special person. But I'm going to tell you a funny story. Um, one of the junior kids that are in here now, I won't tell you who, one of the little ones that are in here now, they started coming to children's church not too long ago. And he came in, and uh, he was being himself, being fun, and he sat down and started licking his hand, started licking his hand. I came over to him, and put my arm around and started talking to him, and he's licking his hand, and all of a sudden he just right there on me. And so it takes that type of person to be in children's church. So if, you ever, if you're thinking about, you know, maybe God would want to use you in children's church, um, so be prepared. Be prepared to get kids saliva and stuff like that. But um, today I'm going to talk to you about hope. And we're going to be in, in Psalms and in Romans, but we're going to start off in uh, Psalms chapter 130. So if you would take your Bibles and turn to the book of Psalms chapter 130. And um, I'm a little curious as to how this topic's, topic is going to go tonight, because this is actually something that the Lord dealt with me on, and this is actually a, a personal thing. And I'm going to tell you guys a personal story. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see how this is going to go, how this is going to turn out. Um, but this lesson was developed back in 2014, around the same time that Pastor Riggs was preaching on the power of prayer. And, uh, and so I'll get more into that in just a little bit. But in Psalms chapter 130, it says in verse 1, Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplication. If thou, Lord, should mark iniquities... O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. David is crying out. He's in, a, he's in a place in his life where he's crying out to the Lord. He's trying to get a hold of God's attention. Um, in my life, and I'm sure in your life, you've had times where you just needed God's attention. You needed God to hear your prayer, and you've cried out to him. You've cried out to him. I'm sure, I'm sure you've had times where it seemed like God wasn't listening, or God wasn't hearing you, or you felt kind of away. You felt distance from God where you felt like your prayers wasn't getting to him. He wasn't, he wasn't taking care of you like you felt. And you felt a little bit discouraged. And so you prayed out to God, almost shouting at him, asking him to hear you, asking him to hear you. You feel like you're crying out from the depths like David is here in, in this passage. And um, sometimes we get to that point as Christians, and I just want to talk to you about the word hope. This message is entitled, I Hope So. And and a lot of times we put our hope in places where it shouldn't be, even as Christians. We say that we're faithful. We say that we, we're faithful to God and we have hope in God. But sometimes when we pray, we don't put our hope exactly uh, where it needs to be. I'm going to get ready here and turn over the book of Psalms, chapter 33. <clears throat> Back around that time in 2014 when Pastor started a series on Wednesday nights, I believe, on the power of prayer, um, you know, we had 
who of course remembers here and we're serving God and things like that. But at that time, Demetrius was going through some serious health issues. Most of you guys know that Demetrius and Derry, they both have sickle cell disease, and that's something that's ongoing that we're fighting with and, and always a battle and a struggle. Um, but during that time, it got really bad for him. Um, in the beginning of 2014, he was, he was real sick and it would end up uh, being in a hospital for a week at a time, about every two months. And so um, it got down to around the summertime, and, and he had gotten real sick. But, but before that, you know, we're praying, um, coming to church, um, passing the word along for you guys to pray for him, and you guys did. And just praying and praying, but it seemed like we still kept going through the same revelation. He'd, he'd, every two months, he'd end up sick, and he'd be in the hospital for four, four or seven days. Uh, the doctors didn't know what to do. The medicine wasn't helping. And so we prayed, we prayed, we prayed. But it, but it got to the point where it felt like it just kept getting worse. It just kept getting worse and worse, it seemed. And it felt like God wasn't hearing our prayers. And, and to be honest with you, it became a little frustrating, which I'm sure a lot of us have been at that point at one time. Almost like David was, when he, how he said he was crying out from the depths. Oh, Lord, hear my cries. He felt pretty deep, pretty deep in it. And so um, around that time, around that summertime, Pastor Riggs was again preaching on the power of prayer. And uh, Demetrius had gotten really, 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 really sick that summer. It had gotten worse. And one day, uh, on a Sunday, we were around the church, and he was not Demetrius at all. He was really calm and quiet and... Um, a lady in the church was carrying him around all day. Just not Demetrius at all. Demetrius is usually running around, breaking air conditioners or breaking a chair. No, he doesn't really break anything, but he likes to run around and play. But, um, but he was really quiet and calm. We were checking him, and, and we knew he was struggling with his sickle cell. And uh, later on that afternoon, we decided to keep him home from church. But I went ahead and came to church. And uh, at home, his condition got a lot worse. His condition got a lot worse. Um, he started having almost like seizure type type things going on. Uh, he just he, there's not much he actually remembered during that time, um, but he, his condition got real worse. So his mom went ahead and called the ambulance, or no, sorry, he um, my brother was there, and so they decided to go ahead and take him to the hospital with how bad he was getting. And uh, my brother had picked him up and started taking him to the truck. And not to compare you as an animal at all. But the only thing he knew to compare it to when, uh, when he grabbed him and, and was taking him out to the truck. He said the only thing he knew to how to compare it to was like he was carrying a dead dog. He was carrying him, and all of a sudden, he just went limp. He just went lifeless. And so they immediately called the ambulance, and uh, ambulance showed up, sheriff showed up, and I got a phone call, and uh, I left church. By the time I got back to the house, they had already left, took him to the hospital. And so his mom went with him to the hospital, and I was there um, dealing, <laughs> dealing with the sheriff, trying to explain to them that he had sickle cell, and... And then, you know, nothing, nothing else happened. Um, there's a whole story there that, that God really dealt with. But um, later on, later on, about an hour later, I make it to the hospital. He's, he's in the room now. He's doing much better. But um, his mother told me that, that as they were pushing him on the stretcher through the hospital, that she doesn't know exactly what happened. If you know, 
his mom. Um, you know how she likes to explain things sometimes. And uh, she said that they were pushing him through the hospital. All of a sudden, the, the little alarm just started beeping. It just went, you know, the flat beep. He said immediately, you know, the nurses, doctors started freaking out. They rushed him out somewhere else. And then um, come to find out, you know, they gave him blood transfusions and all this other stuff to help him with his condition. And he was a lot better. Um, but at that, at that moment, I remember specifically thinking, why? Thinking why? The Bible tells us that the righteous is never forgotten nor forsaken, but why does this thing keep getting worse? You know, at that time I knew that God had a mighty hand. He could easily reach down and heal him. But why? Why was it getting worse? Why did we get to this point? And I was frustrated. I was like David was. I felt like I was in the deep, reaching out, trying to cry to God, crying to God, getting his attention. And a couple days went by after speaking with Pastor and and spreading the word and, and receiving prayers from many of you. Um, he got better. He got better. But a, double, a couple of days went by, and, and during my personal devotion, I came across this text right here in Psalms chapter 33, uh, verses 18 and 22. And it says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him, because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope. And as I read those, those few verses, and again, you know, I've read Psalms before and before, and I'm sure it just passed over me. Um, and I'm sure there's, there's going to be people out here tonight that's not going to draw the connection and, and I would not have drawn the connection unless I was at that particular point in my life that God brought me to. But when I read those scriptures, I realized that although I was serving God, that although I was coming to church and, and, and asking people to pray for us, and although I was praying to God myself, my hope wasn't completely in God like it's supposed to be. You see, when we, it's kind of like when we take our car uh, one weekend out to the mechanic and he, he, does, he does a full tune-up, he checks the wheels, he gives it an oil change and things like that. Um, and, you know, we were talking to family, say, yeah, we're going to take a trip this weekend out, out to the coast, you know, and, and I, hope the car, I hope the car runs right. We're putting our hope in the car and the mechanic, knowing that what the mechanic did. We're putting our hope in that mechanic, thinking that they did what, what was right, thinking that they did what they were supposed to do. Um, the same correlation where I was putting my hope in the doctors, putting my hope in the medicine, praying, praying for, for God to use those things, but putting my hope in the doctors and in the medicine and in those things for God to be able to work through it, but not completely putting my hope in God like it's supposed to be. Not completely putting my hope in God like it's supposed to be. Once I, once I realized and I, and I understood that, that when we pray, you need to have complete hope in God knowing that God can heal the sick. God can give you financial freedom. God can guide you in your life decisions. You can't have a half hope, a half not hope. You have to 100% completely have your hope in God that he can help you with whatever you're doing. And, and I'm probably not expressing that right, but I'm trying to. Um, It's 
kind of like the, the thing when you're praying over your food. You're saying, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this food. Please bless this food. Bless the means, means which it was given. Amen. You just pray that prayer. It's a simple little prayer, but you're not really putting much hope into God. You're just praying it just to go through the motions. You're just praying over your food just because you're supposed to pray over your food. But are you really praying over your food, asking God for that food and thanking God for that food, knowing that God can, can and will provide that food for you next time? I remember growing up um, as a young child and, and even into my uh, young teen years, where there was many, many days where we did not eat more than once, sometimes not even once a day. Um, popcorn was the go-to food. Popcorn will fill you up. Popcorn will take care of you. So if you're ever hungry and there's nothing left in the house, just popcorn, popcorn will do it. It will fill you up. But, um, and so now I'm at a point where God has blessed me enough to where we could eat, you know, three times a day without a, you know, without a problem. And, and so I'm very thankful to God and what God's done for me personally. And, uh, and I'm, I'm thankful that he gave me this, this portion of scripture to be able to put my hope completely in him. And for me, that has changed my prayer life around drastically. That was the last day, that day in the hospital. That was the last day that he's ever spent in the hospital just for sickle cell disease. The last day. That was back in 2014. Um, he may go there here and again for, for fevers and things like that, but that's not directly sickle cell related. But for sickle cell, after, after going through this with God and, and reaching out to God and finally putting my hope completely in him and trusting completely in him with it, that's the last day he ever spent in the hospital for sickle cell disease, and, and that's all God, and I praise God for it. Um, well, we've got to have a right hope in God. Over here in Romans 8, 24... I know for me that, like I said, that changed my prayer life around big time. So if, you, if you're struggling with prayer and you're wondering why God may not be hearing you or why you may be feeling the way you feel, ask yourself how much hope were you putting in Him? Ask yourself when you pray, are you really focusing on Him alone? Or in the back of your mind, are you thinking about that mechanic, that teacher, that parent, that friend that might be able to help you if it gets worse? But here in Romans 8.24, it says, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen not is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doeth he yet hope? That is what, that is what hope is. Hope is not seen. You can't justify hope. If, you're, if you have facts to back up what might possibly happen while you're praying, then you're not putting your hope in God. If you're, if you're praying and asking God for uh, financial freedom or something like that, and you're in your basing it off of the fact that, oh, you need a new job, or you need a higher-paying job, or you need lesser bills. You're not putting your hope in God. Now, you need to be wise and have wisdom on what you're buying and, and what you can afford and things like that. But at the same time, if you're doing what, what, what's wise and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, and you're praying, you've got to have complete hope in God. You can't, you can't, if you have a backup plan, you're not putting your hope in God. God needs to be there. Hope is not seen. Over here in Romans 12, Brother Xavier said he's going to let me loose. That's kind of like letting a balloon loose out in a park. It's just real, 
real, real calm. Romans 12, 12. It says, rejoicing in hope, patience and tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. How do you know if you're putting your hope in God like it's supposed to be? How do you know if you're putting your hope in God like it's supposed to be? Hope will bring rejoicing. Rejoicing in hope, patience and tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Hope will bring rejoicing. This last three months has been an extremely stressful roller coaster three months for me personally. We've been looking at purchasing a home, our first home. Um, the last three months, and it has absolutely been a roller coaster. Some of you guys know the, the details about it. One day we'd be set to close, and the house is going to be mine by the end of the week. The next day we're out of contract and we're looking for another house. It's just been an absolute roller coaster. But remembering these principles on hope and how I'm supposed to pray, I've been able to have, have some joy in it. Now, it's been stressful. There's been times I've been discouraged, but for the most part, I've been able to have happiness in it. I've been able to rejoice knowing that God's going to either keep me from something I don't need or he's going to give, give me something that, that's in his will um, for the most part. So if, how do you know if you're putting your hope enough in God? Uh, if you can have joy, if you can have joy, if you can rejoice in your prayers, if you can rejoice in your life and you see that God's working in it. Um, it's been an absolute roller coaster, 100% with his house, but um, supposedly, supposedly after much prayer, and much things going on. Supposedly Monday, we're supposed to close on this house, and uh, God will deliver it to us, and we'll be rejoicing again in, in, in the many things that he's done for us. But hope should bring you happiness, even in hard times. Even when you're going through hard times, hope should bring you happiness and joy. So if you're ever wondering why God's not hearing your prayer, you know, I've been, I've, since 2014, I had been going to church for maybe five or six years, maybe. And, you know, you hear countless sermons and countless messages on prayer and people that, that go through the Lord's Prayer and they try to teach you how to pray. And, you know, I've been through all that. And, and I thought I knew how to pray. I thought I was praying right until I read that scripture, until I realized that I wasn't putting 100% of hope in him, 100% of hope in him. And so maybe you're, maybe you're like me. Maybe you're going through something. Maybe you're struggling with something. Maybe you're wondering why God's not answering your prayer. Maybe you don't know, you know what you're going to be doing this school year. Um, I still haven't enrolled Demetrius and Derek yet in the school. We're still praying about it. But, you know, maybe you've just got some hard decisions coming up. And you're not, you're not wondering, you're not sure why God hasn't answered those prayers yet. You're not sure why God hasn't brought you to the place yet. Check your hope out. Check your hope. Make sure your hope is filled to God like it's supposed to be. Make sure your hope is all the way up there where God wants you to have it. And that might help you just a little bit more. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to ask two questions. The Bible says that he hears the prayer of his children. But if you're, if you're not saved, if you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and save you from your sins, if you're not a child of God. So if you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and save you from your sins, I just want to ask you to raise your hand so we can pray for you. 
And if you say, well, I am saved. I am saved. But I really haven't thought about how much hope I put in God when I pray. I really haven't thought about how much hope I put in God when I pray. In a few moments, the altar will be open. That will be a great time to, to pray and just ask for forgiveness about it, ask for guidance. That's a good place to start in putting your hope in God. 100%. We can't pray to God and then have a backup plan in the back of our mind just in case God doesn't come through. God's not a just-in-case God. We have to put our hope fully in Him. We have to trust fully in Him. And once you get to that place, that'll change your life around. But after I pray, the altars will be open. And then Brother Xavier will take it from there. My Father and my God, I thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, I thank you for the, the fun time we had in Children's Church this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the games, the activities, the lessons, Lord, that you gave us. God, I thank you for this opportunity that you've allowed me to be here, Lord. Sharing, Lord, a personal uh, message, Lord, with the rest of these fellow Christians. Father, I would pray that if there was anyone in here that needed some help in their prayer life, Lord, I pray that, that this lesson would have helped them. I would encourage them, Lord, to put more hope in you, to believe stronger in you, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that you be with our pastor and his family, that you protect them and guide them, Lord, and give them encouragement during this time. And would you be with his church, Lord? Would you guide it and bless it and build it in your will and your glory, Father? Lord, again, I thank you for using me in your hand. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.